0: Yo, what up? What up, what up, what up? This is you, love. Wei. Orión de Peligrosa. T-W. The mighty DJ Melon.
1: This is Ginger Lee. z Protege. Yo, 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 everybody. It's Toddy B. This is your favorite giant China man, CK. DJ k Calling, You rocking with the feedback. the feedback.
0: The feedback. The feedback. The feedback. The feedback.
2: You are listening to the Feedback
0: Podcast. With my homie Beck.
2: All right, folks. Welcome to the Feedback Podcast, everybody. My name is Beck. And as always, I got Byron in the house. What up, what up? Doing good. And we're live. On Facebook, hello everybody. If you're wondering who these two gentlemen are, they're Mo Shafiq and Rob Jones from Mondo. How you guys doing? Very well,
0: thanks for having us. Thank
2: you, thank you. It's a pleasure. And I gotta say, like, he's the one who introduced me to Mondo. Like, I've seen the name many, many times, but I wasn't quite sure what it was, and he came to me and said, back, we need to get Mondo on the podcast, man. I'm like, sounds familiar. <laughs> and I went, I'm like, oh shit, I've seen this poster. Oh, I've seen this. Th- I've yeah. seen this thing, I've seen this thing. So... What I like to do is always get the backstory, go back in time. No pun, don't. <laughs> I like when it gives me that what? look. Is like, what the hell? Every time I look at you, you're like,
3: no, <laughs> showing interest, like, oh, oh, tell me more. That's in-
2: intense interest. I like it. How how did you guys get started, especially you as a designer and artist very young? How did you fall in love with designing and drawing? And
3: I've always just been the kid in school who could draw well
2: you were just uh, doodling yeah, all just over the place all the
3: time yeah and being told that would be a terrible waste of effort and time you'll never make a living at it really be a doctor
2: school <laughs> counselor
3: yeah oh yeah no, They all I, told you your i took uh, <laughs> uh yeah that no, was, was my that was my parents oh. modest desire <laughs> supportive oh yeah i remember i spent a day with a heart surgeon one time and a day with a dermatologist and that was some Extreme looking stuff I saw that day I, I like, gotta touch it? a spleen yeah. yeah I'm in an operating room They're like Hey man You wanna touch the spleen We just cut out of this guy <laughs> and I'm like Are we allowed to He's like sure Like bare finger there Ain't no cameras
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah I know I, I, had, I had gloves on <laughs> and so I just is George. <laughs> George is weird <laughs> Dude they let me Cause it's, a blo- it's like a blood sponge I gotta squeeze it And it just And he's like wow And, and they're, they're li- Know no, they're listening to it The entire time What Bonnie Raitt <laughs>
2: So do you feel like i say this? I, watched,
3: uh, I watched a freaking bypass surgery for a guy who had every freaking chamber blocked. Like, you know, when they wow. put that radioactive stuff in your blood Yeah. Mm-hmm. and they see where it comes out of, uh-huh. and that's how they know how, many blockage, how much blockage there is? There was nothing coming out of it. <laughs> I wasn't there when he told the guy the diagnosis, and he's like, Yeah, man, uh, you should be dead. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't never seen this before. Wait,
2: so hold on. Did you uh, you saw that and you're like, that's it? It's enough for me. Or
3: I had to go with him to tell someone that their uh, that their uh, father passed on. I had to go and deliver this news about the guy with the blocked artery and oh. say, hey, uh, they go, we're we're going to try to we're going to treat him. It's going to be tough. And they're like, but he's going to be like a brand new man, right? And he's like, no, not at all.
4: We can we rebuild. Nowhere them. near nope. it.
3: <laughs> no, I don't want you to temper your expectations. <laughs> wow told the guy, he's like, do you smoke? He's like, yeah. He goes, well, I hope you enjoyed your last one. He goes, man, my, my dog hates it when I don't smoke. He's I don't, I don't what? Did you <laughs> see important. this video? I just showed you. Your heart's completely backed up. You made my joke. You made your joke. Now quit smoking. Now, dummy. Anyway, yeah, uh, my parents told me to uh, don't pursue art.
4: <laughs> I'm just going to shut up, man. i just going to let you go.
3: I had, a bro- no, I had a brother who was a musician, and they always would hold him up going, hey, look, man. He's having a tough go at it. Mm-hmm. Come on,
2: let him do a. The, let
3: him draw. Let him. You need it. You need it. You need to study something practical. Mm-hmm. You need to be. You need to be pragmatic. Uh, my brother actually ended up making uh, quite a good living as a musician. Oh. oh, nice. Yeah.
2: That's right these days.
3: Oh yeah, it is. I haven't talked to him in twelve years. But
2: <laughs> <laughs> There's a brother out there. Uh, so, Mr. Jones out there, good luck to you. I hope you're doing well. But I can't believe you could have almost were Doctor
3: Jones. Dude, I would have been. I've been the wor- worst doctor. Are you kidding me? You have a great bedside what? manner. Yeah, I've been I've been like that. That You'd guy be up all night just doing oh, surgeries. I got to watch him by the way that he was there all night. I mean, he was there from break of day till it was dark and they was having dinner in the like the crappy, you know, doctors commissary. And he got the phone and he came back. He's like, "Well, I'm getting sued." I'm like, "Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> what happened?" He goes, "This woman is doing heart surgery on her and there was a clot developed in her leg. She's uh-huh. like 85. Some ancient age, and I knew there would be a problem. Those clots could travel easily and start forming all over her leg because of her age. So uh-huh. I cut her freaking leg off, and I saved her freaking life. And what she what's? Are she repaying me? Suing me. Tell you what, Rob. You gotta really be sure you want to do this. Because <laughs> <laughs> this is only Thanks, Tuesday, Rob. <laughs> this is just because it's 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 really rough. You're, you're just gonna feel like what's the point?
2: What did you did you go to a show or see an artist, and you're like, this is it?
3: You know No, I was always like my room reading Mad magazine. Oh know, nice, yeah. Reading Sergio Argonas, or looking at Sergio because you don't really read it that much. <laughs> <laughs> what uh,
2: about what about you, Mo?
0: Um I ended up at Mondo a little bit more of a weird traditional path. I I went to film school and I also worked in the music industry a little bit. I um I was a tour manager for bands and
2: all local here
0: in Austin? No, I, I was from New York. Oh, I lived okay. in New York for uh, up until five years ago. And uh and then and then I worked some shipping receiving and then I moved to Austin and I was a fan of Mondo um, you know, for a couple of years and I I was like, ah, "Fuck it! I'll go apply for a job there." Uh, I have shipping receiving experience. I, you know, and I'm, I have a film s- film degree that I'm not using. Uh, and so I went and I applied, and I got a job that just happened to mm-hmm. bring me here today, running the uh, soundtrack department or working in the soundtrack department. Like, ha- so you're you're running the soundtrack <laughs> department, <with> <laughs> <laughs> you and Spencer.
2: So you went to Tim Lee from the Draft House, right? I'm yes, the draft he house. hired
3: me to do some posters for a weird event called Cinemania, which combined. Uh, Music and film. And I liked the work I did enough that he hired me for another job called Roy and Roadshow. He Mm -hmm. hired me to do one poster. And I said, hey, I got a great idea. How about we get, like, ten posters made? One for each movie you're going to show. Just ten? Yeah, they're going to show, like, a movie in in the original filming location. So you go go see Escape from Alcatraz at Alcatraz or Goldfinger. No shit, they did this. At freaking Fort Knox. Wow. Not inside. Outside, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But... He was like, "Yeah, that sounds great. Uh, I can't pay you anymore, so it'd be the same amount of money." <laughs> <laughs> so I called everyone I could think of that would uh, be interested in it and said, "Hey, look, I got crap money. Uh, do you want to do this with me? I think it's going to be fun. I think this can like go someplace. Mm-hmm. It could be something we could do outside of uh, gig posters." At the time, my main thing was doing.
2: But you were already working with with Jack White at the time
3: was that yes. that came after. I started working th- uh, doing stuff for Jack. Uh, White Stripes in 2003, September.
2: How'd, how'd y'all meet? I would I've never met him. Never met him? No. So how did they find out about
3: you? I did a poster for a show in Lyon, France and I put my business card in there Yeah, and I sent the venue 50 copies after I talked to them and said, hey, can I make a poster? Mm-hmm. I actually had my friend call because he spoke French and pretended <laughs> to be me. And they were so impressed with, he was French. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, you speak really great French for an American. He's like, oh,
4: you do? Say, yeah, yeah. Tu parles yeah. français un peu?
3: <laughs> <laughs> but uh they uh, call the tour manager called me and said what the hell then gave me like a big dressing down saying who gave you permission to make this poster da, 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 yeah, da. Yeah, yeah. but we really love it and we'd like to use it for a tour poster and i was like oh sweet great and i just kept uh, so many more work and i got some um, pretty good jobs like within a few months they asked me to do the first uh, dvd under blackpool lights uh-huh. and i just kept getting asked to do uh, stuff from to
2: time, didn't you guys start as a t shirt company first? Or,
3: yes, we started off as, as Mondo Tees, right? It was a little We're tiny, um, joint
0: in the like iron on t shirt shop inside the Alamo. It was like supplemental income to the Alamo draft house, okay? Okay, you know, uh, you know, just they had a little closet space there at the old Colorado Street location, Dil- Dil- yeah, the,
2: yeah. the original one, yeah. But what was it about getting Posters, like was was that someone doing it? And you're like, I can do much better than this guy. Oh, why did I start doing yeah, yeah. posters? What was it? Why well, gig posters?
3: I was studying advertising at the time here, at UT. I had a friend named Steve Smith, aka Dirty Steve Sanchez, and he said, "Hey, Rob, I'm starting a new band. They're called Pink Swords." And I was like, "Wow, that is a great name." He's mm-hmm. like, "I want you to do all the posters for free." And I was like,
2: "Great." Yes, sign me up
3: for free. I was thrilled someone asked me to do posters for the band. That's what you always want to do. But no one, I never had either, either I never had a friend ask, friend in a band ask me, or the friends I did have in bands that asked me were in really crappy bands. Uh Like bands you're like, dude, don't ask me to come to your show. (laughs) No affiliation with that. You've used up all of your come to my show tickets. (laughs) Last time I came there, you played a tape of your girlfriend breaking up with you on your freaking phone machine and sang in front of it. Fuck you for putting me through that. Seriously, that happened. That really did. Wow, that was a Damn. song. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Wait, so what? So, was there were the people doing it already?
3: Gig
0: Do posters what? or movie? Gig poster,
2: g- yeah, gig posters. Was that something that was for, pretty big for movies or for for uh, for music? Music, music. Oh yeah, yeah. know
3: there been. A, what happened was there was a. I mean, they've always been around, but there was a big resurgence uh, in the late '80s uh, with um, Kozik and Chantry and Lindsey Kuhn and mm-hmm. Charlie and. That ran its course, went down a little bit, and all of a sudden, everyone who had seen those posters were inspired by them came up and decided to try to make posters themselves. That was like the second resurgence. Uh-huh. And I came in around that time. That's in the late 90s.
2: So what was it like in Austin at the time?
3: It was really weird because... Austin just was a hotbed for it. There was like so many uh, artists. You here. would think so, but it was oh, it, it definitely is. It, uh, was. No, it was living
0: living in New York. I no shows I ever went to no. had gig posters unless they were bands that came from places where gig posters were a big deal, like the Midwest or Texas.
4: Uh-huh.
3: Hmm. Yeah, New York was not happening. Chicago was happening. Austin was happening. We had like we had like a freaking club. We all hung around. Oh wow! Together. Yeah, and uh, it just became like a bigger thing uh, than Flatstock, which is the poster convention attached to. Uh, S- South by Southwest. Mm-hmm. That was started by someone here in Austin and Frank Kozik in San Francisco. I started by Jeff Pavita. He
0: was one of the uh, Oh, I
2: didn't know it was that, that big of a...
0: Uh, Still goes on. I mean, yeah. you, go to, you go to even Stubbs to this day. They have like a ton of gig posters hanging on their walls from all the shows they've done. It's like... And the old emos used to have all their gig posters that they had for the last like 20 years mm-hmm. all hanging on the back of the wall. Like, it was, there's a lot of like, gig poster pride here in town that I, I was not aware of. I mean, I remember when I first went to a concert that anyone had a gig poster... Uh, one that was a screen printed, you know, really nice uh, poster. I was like, "What am I supposed to do with this?" And I literally folded it in, yeah, <laughs> and, right, right. Oh. in oh. half. I don't roll them it it anymore. Just and it's just here. You're like jerk off. <laughs>
2: <laughs> is that the worst you can do? Is fold it instead oh, of rolling yeah, it? Yeah, 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 yeah. oh, yeah. it?
0: Oh yeah, no. I, I, I was I was 15 years old when I did that. Give me a break. Any age. <laughs> I don't know any better. A baby doing that would even the posters. Game Spencer's my are rolled up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I was like going in the pit, you know. Used to, uh,
3: we had a place called Coach House Gifts, which was our like hillbilly version of Spencer's. <laughs> and I'd spend all my birthday money on there on posters. I was sold. They were three fifty each. Said, but, but, boys love posters but it was
2: still like limited edition type, type thing like an artist you know did it Yeah. or yeah. It, was, it wasn't mass produced like hey is the poster no, no. we're gonna put it here
3: oh there's joints like uh, say Print Mafia they would make posters for shows and they'd only make 15 copies for bands like White Stripes
2: 15? <laughs> yeah sometimes less than that and then end up on eBay for 500 bucks
3: if you can well, get one,
0: that's well, that's that, that's a little bit more that's an of extreme a... example, but I'm saying that yeah. would happen.
3: There's people that would make it super limited, just they're like, Hey, this is what we need.
0: The whole secondary market thing came after the fact. I mean, really and truly, you know, a lot of these shows are like, you know. Smaller rock shows here in Austin. I mean, imagine mm-hmm. the capacity of some of these rooms. I mean, you know, you have a couple hundred, but really at the merch table, if you ever worked in that side of it, like, uh, you know, like I did for a couple of years, you know, people are buying merch like 10% of people, you know? So yeah, if yeah, you, yeah. you print a 100 posters for a show of a 1,000, you know, you, if you sell out of all of them, then you're lucky, you know? And mm-hmm. so that's the hand numbered thing is, you know, and the fact that it's limited run, it was only for that show was the selling point, but it wasn't that the amount of it that was a selling point. It was that you can only get it at that show. Well, that's, oh. that's not
3: necessarily true because what happened, at least during the late when and Kozik started numbering stuff' because he knew there was there was a secondary market of, of mail order this is you know before internet mm-hmm. so people were just buying this or they'd be distributed out to like weird you know head shops and that kind of stuff so they had the aftermarket in mind as okay. far as but not five hundred dollars for a poster they didn't think that was going to happen
2: but what about uh bands on tour or is that something that it would it would, or is it's only okay they're performing here we're making a, a poster just for tonight's show mm-hmm. or can you do the whole series, you know, for this band going on tour.
3: Yeah, I do that for Jack. Uh I'll oversee the series for the for whatever band he's touring with. Oh, and nice. either I make a poster for every date or uh, I I art direct uh, or hire an artist and uh, make sure it's approved by Jack and his uh, merchandise manager. But so- uh, yeah, you can do, you can do a show, uh, poster for every show. Mm-hmm. Although generally for Europe, it's a better idea to just make one tour poster because it's... You, you just put hard. Europe on it? It's a hard sell. <laughs> yeah, so European tour and just have all the dates will sit out. That's the biggest challenge for a gig poster artist is you getting, getting a tour poster where you have to put 50 dates, tw- 30 dates. Right, right, right. Or right. a festival poster where you have to put 100 band names. Figuring out a way of doing that without having to make a giant block at the bottom because mm-hmm. it's just awful. Wow.
2: Big, big challenge. So when Mondo officially launched, what was, I mean, the market was already there, I guess. There was already this. No, there it wasn't. Was no, it? For uh, I posters. I mean, for posters. No. And
3: no they were just they were, they wanting to make or was T-shirts. It was decentralized, I guess. Yeah, what happened was uh, they wanted to make T-shirts, and it was just making iron-on t shirts And then these posters made for these uh, screenings uh-huh. would sell, and they would sell pretty all right. And bugging uh, tim league saying hey man you should make a poster for, for flaming lips are coming we can make a poster for that hey uh-huh. qt fest let's make some posters for tarantino we, it's qt6 we can make six posters we think ah, that will be great <laughs> so he's like hey man i'm trying to i don't know run a fucking chain of theaters who are you maybe do me a favor i'm gonna put you in t- touch with uh tim doyle he runs mondo tees you know the t-shirt shop i was like yeah, yeah i know tim he's like pitch this to him if he's in for it then uh go make fucking posters great and i called up tim i was like you want to make posters and he went yeah and i was like great let's do it and that's what started but we, when it started people this was kind of like a new thing you'd see there'd be some theaters that would make specific posters for their screenings but they may not make any large amount or there might be joints that would make screen pen kind of gig posters for screenings that involve live music like nosferatu um, right with a live orchestra but uh, trying to push it into a big series like this you know really attack it with a bunch of different artists and stuff really hadn't been done.
2: So Mondo T's already existed then?
3: Yeah. yeah as, as part a, of the draft house. house. Yeah.
0: The timeline goes Mondo T's the t-shirt sto- uh-huh. shop. Then Rob gets hired to do a couple posters here and there. And then Mondo T's selling those posters becomes a set, its own thing later. Oh, okay. 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 Um, And then that's when, that's when Mondo... I mean, we're still called Mondo T's, but yeah. Mondo T's sort of uh, uh, evolved out of that because the t-shirt business wasn't really doing very much, mm-hmm. to be honest. I mean, we sold some t-shirts here and there, but it wasn't Really, the you know (coughs) making a ton of money, and it 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 came to actually down to the point where Tim, I believe, if the story goes correctly, that he was like, I I don't think we're this we're gonna keep this around much longer unless you can make it lucrative, Mm -hmm. and then that's sort of when it became like, okay, well we can start doing more of this poster stuff because that seems to be making that's where the money is at this Mm -hmm. point.
2: But did you? I mean, you saw it around, but it wasn't happening as much. Uh, It was it was still an underground type of community. And then because oh, you
3: didn't really see many people doing like just every week new screen print posters for like a, a special screen and stuff it, would, it was a very rare thing to happen mm-hmm. we're the ones that were doing it on a more constant basis but it just inched up as more popular it got the more we made until finally the big breakthrough was our Star Wars series yeah 2010 yeah yeah we got st- we once we did these Star Wars posters suddenly that's when we started to really experience the instant sellouts things taking like a minute oh, wow. thirty seconds, yeah. 30 seconds a lot of our most
0: popular posters are things that just sat around in our flat file inside the shop for a very long time. Like oh, they're so already made? Well, or no, no, no. what I mean is that, like, you know, before Star Wars, oh, uh, okay. things that if you look back on our archive on our website and you go and like, oh, my God, that Bride of Frankenstein by Martin Anson, or oh, my God, this, like, those posters were just, like, sitting around. People would buy them, but, like, you know, people in Austin, we were just the company that made posters, and not everyone wanted every poster. And so, you know, but then Star Wars happened, and then everyone – all spotlights were shined on us and then all of a sudden things started selling out a lot quicker and now the things that like you'd go like oh my god that's worth so much money on eBay was a thing that was just kind of sitting around on our shelf for a really long time yeah us that's the thing i remember watching some uh dude
3: customer going through the stack trying to pick out the perfect one the perfect one point being is they're copies there they were we needed that sale so we're quite fine we're like <coughs> go ahead and he was like uh huh uh huh he went through like six or seven. He was like, Oh, like, this is the one I want. Of the same copy. Yeah, but say he could just, well, yeah. He well, just, if <laughs> that's, that's a poster It's worth, like, yeah. I've had people offer me $5,000 for my copy. Wow. wow. I mean, it's an expensive poster, but point Mo's making is you could have had that poster for 20 bucks. Probably. <laughs> no, at, when we were selling it, it's just no, people were like, Oh, that's cool. And then yeah. the whole Star Wars thing happened. And then yeah, broken. Broken.
0: so did
2: they were did they reach out to you or did you guys actually just did it and then you asked for well, the after?
0: the the natural organic progression was that we were doing these things but we were just making posters for screening events and then then we transitioned to making official merchandise. So, I mean, the real the real thing came that we got the Star Wars license to make official Star Wars merchandise with posters. And the same thing with other posters as well. So, you know, the Gremlins license, the yeah, Halloween yeah. license, all these other things. And once that started happening, um, we met more people and more and more people to get those official licenses. So, like, the amount of titles we got sort of were dictated by what we can do on the legit capacity. Because once we started doing that, we couldn't go back to just mm-hmm. being like, I want to do a poster for this movie. Let's just do it. No, no one's paying attention because after Star Wars, everyone was paying attention. Right. Yeah, the first
3: license we got was The Warriors, I believe. Oh, nice. That's a good one.
2: Is that something you, you, you guys you know, work on? Like you reach out like, oh, it'd be cool if That's literally like <laughs> 50% <laughs> of our day every day. <laughs> is- oh, it'd be awesome <laughs> if we had you know, this movie, I'm fill in the blank.
0: Yeah, Yeah, it it, sounds like you work at our office. That's like literally what we say every day. Like we're just sitting around, and like you know, there's a couple of us who work in the office who all have different departments. You know, there's a collectibles department now. There's a soundtrack department, apparel, and posters. And you know, we'll just be talking about something we like and be like, "Huh, it'd be cool if we did something for that." And then we, and then we just have to figure out how (laughs) how to to, how to do do (laughs) it.
3: Yeah, it becomes terrible when it seems like it can happen. I'll give you an example. There's a soundtrack we want to put out so badly. There's a soundtrack we want to put out so badly. And Mo's been slowly getting the rights for what has it been, two years now? <laughs> Longer than two and that. a half. Two, yeah. Wow, two and a half. You have that one, many
2: people that, that you need to talk to? Just, just to one freaking soundtrack. Well, uh, things keep pop happening. You can't say which one it is.
0: Well, soundtracks are a little Can different. Can we say what it is? Fuck it. Well, yeah, we've been after Nobody's this. To this show. Lady, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen, The Fabulous Stains. It's this really, really great. Oh, no, uh, I was talking about Zelig. <laughs> oh, you're talking about Zelig. Uh, well, let's, let's say ladies and gentlemen, the fabulous stains um, just because that's a good example of like, okay, so someone owned that right. soundtrack, whoever owned that soundtrack, you know, that record label got bought by someone else when they dissolved and that label got bought by someone else and that dissolved and all things trickle up to one of the major five corporations that run everything in the company in, in the world. But like that major corporation, when you go like, Hey, I've traced this back to you, they go okay well we have to like get our legal department to go and hunt yes. down the rights to make sure this works and then after that you re- then you realize that like they or maybe they realize that there's like how much money we're we gonna make on this again and you're like well we want to make like a thousand copies because this is like kind of a small title and like not a lot of people are that excited about it. they're like yeah so like a thousand a thousand copies times like the small percentage of royalty you're gonna make off of that that's like half an hour of our lawyer's time to do this so we're just not going to do that if that's okay wow, yeah. wow. And you're, but you still station it? Well, yeah. I mean, basically it depends. You, 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 you know, like you, there's a lot of other variables that that's, that's like a a more of a general example that wasn't specifically that title, but it is just like, you, you continue to find other avenues or other ways to sort of connect those dots because there are other people who, if they're more passionate about it, who were connected with the film who can then bolster those chances because if like someone who's involved in the film is excited about it and they go to the studio and be like, I want to do this and here's the company that wants to do it with us, then they'll be like, Oh yeah, yeah, sure. Of course let's do it. And then that'll make things move because you're, Pleasing talent rather right, than pleasing right, right. some yeah. small company in Austin, Texas that yeah. wants to make a thousand records. <laughs>
3: I'll give you an example that we had. We just got finished with the poster. I can't say which one, but there was a character we wanted to include so badly, but we weren't allowed to. They said no, no. Like
2: the, the actor didn't want to?
3: Not the actor, it was just a character. Just a no, character. No lightness rights involved. Hmm. And they're like, no, we tried to like maybe hint at it a little bit. They're like, no. And we sent it in for approval. And then we found out the filmmakers saw the poster, loved it, but said, why didn't you put that character in there? <laughs> And then we had to go back. And They're like, "Wow, you only put the character back in." And we're like, oh, we, "Okay, well, we're gonna need like a week. We'll hurry it up." <laughs> so because holy shit, those two guys said something, it opened up a door. So you never know when when those doors are gonna open up. It's like playing Pac Man. Yeah, something. I mean,
2: you were you never know that. Wh- one thing I really appreciate is the references that you put in the art, whether it's the poster or even the toys or the T shirts. It's like it's pop culture stuff. It's basically, you know. Nerd Life, you know, 101, I saw the soundtrack to Back to the Future and, you know, The Gremlins and all, all these old movies. So were you guys always, like, um, keeping up with all of this pop culture and you love, mo- like, obscure movies and stuff that not everybody knows?
0: Do you, ma? Yeah, I mean, I've always been a fan, of a big film fan, pop Where culture do you keep fan. up with it, though? I do. I like to think I do. I, we like have a conversation
2: we, about movies that, like, well, the cool, very the, few people saw.
0: The cool thing about us is that we're a company of about fifteen people, and mm. and th- and no, that that we're the biggest we've ever been. I mean, staff wise. I mean, yeah. we were a company of like eight people two years ago. You know, like mm. we we oh. doubled in size probably in the last two years. But even that is more out of necessity than anything. And and we're all all ages you know races and from all over the country Mm -hmm. and in one case we have someone who lives in the UK and so it's uh it's you know when you have a range of like 20 somethings through 40 somethings who grew up on movies and pop culture there's always going to be someone's favorite movie is an obscure thing that no one else in the office is talking about (laughs) right you know like uh we were walking up here and what what movie were you talking about that you really wanted to do something for I'll, I can't remember, oh, but let's just say Cruising. Yeah, 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 Cruising. And then I'm the asshole in the corner who's like, I really love 2001's Josie and the Pussycats. So, I mean, you know, there's... <laughs> there's always re- somebody. He really does. Yeah. Uh, that ain't, that ain't a joke. So, I mean, and both of those movies, you know, aren't really going to move the needle as far as getting recognition for our company. But, like, it's a mix of that and also the more populous stuff, the stuff that, you know, is pretty well recognized and has a pretty solid foundation. And, you know, like, you're... you're you know your Suicide Squads and your you sure, know sure. Uh, your well, Marvel movies. You get to see
3: our cruising poster up on the the guy's house in uh, Silicon Valley every episode. So there you go. Oh, fair that enough. That nice. needle. <laughs> well,
2: the, the the thing about uh, movie posters that that I always wondered about is like every movie poster that I see is always a bunch of heads, like big heads just. Mm-hmm facing one Flip direction just fl- or just like looking opposite directions or looking to the distance like this and or it, it's
0: Matt Damon's head just a <laughs> big Matt Damon head even if he's not in the movie Matt Damon's head's just right there in the center with the, with words over his face yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Matt Damon mm-hmm.
2: like you see the, the trailer is just the poster mm-hmm. like if you were to wrap up the trailer that's what the poster is a bunch of heads and then there's a car in the back like explosion here. Yeah. But did you guys see that? And you're like, this is bullshit. We could actually do some better work than just floating heads on the poster with the girl. Like,
3: I think we just wanted to see what a different artist would do. Like there's a style or an approach an artist might have. Mm-hmm. Let's say like um we, we're working with uh artist, uh, Rosemary Valero O'Connell, who's really awesome. All of her stuff has kind of like a, a fun, light vibe to it. Mm-hmm. and just feels playful in a way and nice. I don't know clean and you're like man let's see her do Batman <laughs> 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 well, that seems like a maybe turning into Ninja turtles thing. no no man it's just, just right up the thing is you want to see these movies through some other uh, you know lens I think that's what our main drive is I'm maybe trying to because most, po- most of the posters we make would not do well in a marquee. I don't
0: think. Well, yeah, that's the other thing. Is like the 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 studio marquee poster gets a lot of shit for being really generic. But as you know, we all we use Netflix and Hulu and all these things sure. on a regular basis. And if you look at what the images that like when you're scrolling through things trying to pick what you're going to watch, yeah. like you have like 10 seconds to see something as you're scrolling through and it's this big and you're like, oh, that looks good, right? And yeah. what, what is going to be the thing that draws you to it? Like the, the, the marketing people in these studios have figured out there's a science to it. It's the star's head as big as yeah. possible, mm-hmm. the name in a font that is very easy to read and a little bit of atmosphere to tell you if it's a horror movie, it's a comedy. Are they smiling or are they like scared? You know, like it, it's a really condensed thing and, and it's only becoming more like that because the amount of time you have to catch somebody is really really limited, which is you know it's a, it's not bad or good. It's just different from what what we do. What we do really is just a matter of like as fans of titles, uh, you know, like you said, Batman's a good example. You know, everyone's lived with Tim Burton's Batman for for sure. twenty years now. Yeah. And so you go and you say, like, oh, okay, uh, well, like, now that we know that you're a fan and you're a fan, like, if you, like, were to condense your love of Batman into one image, what would it look like? It would be radically different from what yours did. And, you know, I think that there's something to that because everyone loves that movie. And if you want to put it in the wall, you want something that kind of captures something that you bring to it rather than what, like, the studio did. And Batman's a bad example because, like, that logo that they came up with was actually really iconic and and kind of was really important for that time. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, you know, if your movie was a lesser-known, smaller, obscure film that actually has no merchandise out there at all whatsoever, you know, say it's Black Swan. Say your favorite movie is Darren Aronofsky's Black Swan. Like, you can't go to a store right now and buy Black Swan merchandise. Mm -hmm. So there's a company out here. Yet. (laughs) <laughs> it would be cool yes. if wait till you see the coasters we're making yeah uh, is that black swan yeah it uh, gets
3: cold and it turns black
0: yeah Great. and we It's uh... <laughs> like mood I'm sorry we'll be, uh, some red appears right in the middle derailed no anyway so you know what I mean it's just yeah, a, yeah. merchandise for your favorite movies that, that, that like you know maybe you wouldn't be able to represent in any other way so you know get an artist to do their interpretation of it and then you put it up on your wall because the one sheet of Natalie Portman's face is just not that special
2: but do you do wow. you go different perspectives different artists okay Batman go Deadpool, go. And then you have maybe three different people come up, whatever whatever that means to them on a poster, or, you're, or you already have the direction ahead of time. And you say, okay, well, based on what I'm thinking, this guy is good, so this guy's going to do the poster. We
3: we, tr- we try not to poison the well. If we're hiring artists, artist, we want to see what they come up with first. They'll submit roughs, and we'll go, hey, that's a great direction. Mm-hmm. And sometimes maybe after a few rounds of roughs, we might say, hey, maybe try this just to see. Mm-hmm. And then that's maybe when we'll get involved with the actual... Uh, general direction of the concept of, for the poster.
2: But there's one, main, one artist actually doing it. It's oh, not yeah, yeah, yeah. You have a whole
3: variety of yeah. people doing uh, the same there might project. Be s- someone might be involved later. It depends on the artist. If they uh, aren't very good with or don't have the time for um, layout of the text, you mm-hmm. might have someone else do the text for them. Mm, I might yeah. do it myself. Uh, Jay Shaw at uh, Mondo does a lot of great uh, credit block work. Uh, Alan Hines is a guy we work with does that. We usually have some set guys who are really great with uh, credit blocks.
0: Well, don't like like, blocks. We don't really like pit people against each other. Is that what you mean? Like we don't like pitch to multiple artists. Be, like, like best, best best poster works. You know, <laughs> like yeah, we're not like madmening them or anything. But really, it's just that yeah, we got a license. We go like, oh well, you know, we have that license for a couple of years. So it's like we'll get a lo- bunch of different artists who we all think could do something cool with that title. Um, but if it's something like, you know, it's a new release, a movie that maybe we haven't even seen yet. But like, you know, let's say it's Mad Max Fury Road and we're just like really excited about it. And it's a month before the movie comes out. And we want to do something with it. a pitch an artist who we think kind of fits the vibe to that story based on his past artwork you know like we would go specifically to a singular artist rather than asking like seven artists to do their best work and then being like all right the rest of you you didn't cut it but you you go you know like we're not doing that
3: or anything. oh okay and also some people might not be available to you have to do like god i'd love if i could do so and so and so and so oh we got them working on these other projects oh jeez.
2: but yeah you have your go-tos at this point so how does one get into that circle
3: oh how does get how do you, get artists. I artists,
2: yeah. do you just go to mitch Part.
3: We have uh, we work with, uh oh yeah we with a guy Mitch Putnam. Uh he runs a uh, website called omgposters.com. dot com. And part of his uh other job is to scour the internet and curate a kind of presentation of that week's best prints and posters. Mm-hmm. And as a result of doing that, he's quite plugged into what's being what artists are, you know, doing right now and finding new uh new talent and going, Hey, check this guy out, check this chick out and also it can come from anywhere. In fact, creative director for uh, Collectibles, Brock Otterbacher. I've used... Bro- Brock Otterbacher, sorry. Otterbacher. <laughs> Freaking, uh, he's... I've used two artists he, j- he suggested in the past couple of months. Uh, Mo and I actually used them for uh, some LP work. So any, an artist, can c- as long as you're doing great work, it's catching uh, somebody's eye at Mondo, there's a chance.
0: Yeah, we did an originals, uh, original artwork show at our gallery, and I saw a piece, and I just fell in love with it. And then a couple months later, we were working on um, the soundtrack to uh, The Fountain, and I was like, we were racking our brain about who to go to, who to go to. And I was just like in my head and there was just lingering this like one artist small piece that I had saw at one of our gallery shows, which was a gallery show of just like do whatever you want. You know, it wasn't an artist that so we were assigning these people to specific titles. So mm-hmm. all I had to base was on what, what their style was, what they're what their like, what they would do if they could paint whatever they wanted. And I saw that and I was like. Maybe that artist would be good for that. And so um, this artist, Nicole Gustafson from Washington, and I reached out to her, and she made this beautiful, beautiful artwork for The Fountain, and we're releasing it at at MondoCon.
3: It was different from what she normally does, too, in a small way. Yeah, it was
0: darker. It was a little bit more, um, yeah, I mean, the movie is dark. So, I mean, I guess she she kind of took her style and spun it around this pretty serious subject matter. And that can
3: can backfire a lot. You hire somebody, you basically want to hire them for you the work you're familiar with. Right. And everyone's whole hire somebody and that's for some freaking reason the time they choose to go, hey, I'm going to try a brand new style out on you guys. I hope I get it figured <laughs> out in time. I have range. I hope this pays off. But you're actually working with a this, man. But yeah. in the case, of most talking about Nicole. Uh, good Lord, it was gorgeous.
2: I mean, you run it like, okay, we have a project and you have a month because this is when we're going to release this. Wow, can you then, imagine having a whole month for it? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it could be
3: two days. You got two days to do it. I had one time I had 12 hours 12 for something hours? that was released at Best Buy. What, what, what was it? It was a single for White Stripes called Walking with a Ghost. I actually had 24 hours.
2: Jack White called you and said... No, his manager <laughs> says,
3: <laughs> hey, we you got you got to get something in for um, for Jack and Meg to approve before they go to bed in Amsterdam. So I had about twelve hours from then. So I did us some roughs. I did maybe eight or nine. They picked a direction for the cover, picked a direction for the disc uh-huh. and then they went to bed. And then I had to stay up and finish it off and turn it in. And then I found out that the label removed my name from the back cover. <laughs> Rush design done by Rob Yeah, J- uh, it was gone.
2: No, by someone. It just but appeared.
3: Uh, yeah, that was I'm mean, seriously that was like they need it right away. I don't know what happened or why. Do you ever have? But to, we've we've had stuff like that. Oh God, Mo and I myself just we had to think. Hey, would you want to do this uh, cover for a really huge release from us? Yeah. How long do I have? Two days. Two. Yeah. I, and I'm not. That's not a fake. Two days. I need to see this stuff Monday morning.
0: Yeah. <laughs> two yeah. days. It happens. But yeah, typically, you know, in a in a perfect situation, the way it works is we just can release things whenever we want. Yeah. Um if it's mm-hmm. if it's for a new release movie, yeah, the deadline, the talk the clock is ticking. But typically we just have a bunch of things in the pipe that we work on that sort of fit, you know, a general release calendar. Um but then yeah, we have a couple of things that, you know, have to be tied to specific events or anniversaries or screenings that go at the draft house and we'd love to have those in the pipeline many, 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 many weeks in advance, but typically they do come down to the typically the six to four a week range.
2: So working with I mean, like I said, Marvel, Disney did they, did they just found out as hey, this Mondo guys, this is what they do and we can get some cool ass posters for Guardians of the Galaxy and they came to you guys or did you guys actually seek it out?
0: Some studios seek us out. We are lucky now that we've been doing this now for a couple of years. That's impressive. Well, since since, since since Star Wars like was 2009, yeah. 2010. Yeah. Um, so six, going on six years of being pretty well known for doing what we do, that some studios reach out to us directly But there's still a lot of stuff that we have to hunt down ourselves. So, you know, Marvel, we we go to them with every movie and we say, we'd love to do this. And sometimes they ask us if we would want to help them with some of their stuff. Um, So it's like every now and then it's different. But really, I would say that it's more likely that we're just seeking out the stuff that we want to do, you know, because we just are just fans of so much stuff that we have to hunt it down of everything. Do you
2: actually ask fans what kind of stuff they would like to see? Or is it just
3: do you guys make the decision and make the call and say uh, we'll take suggestions from anywhere? Yeah, there's been sometimes I've seen something I'm like, hey, that's a big, that's a pretty good idea, but uh, like yeah. someone on a forum get an email, and there'll be there'll stuff there'll be stuff internal. That someone can say, I cannot wait to make this poster for Rocco's Modern Life, <laughs> and I'm like. <laughs> What? what the hell is that? Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
0: hey old man, aren't you hip to the things from Nickelodeon in the nineties? Like, I know. No. I'd order that.
3: If you're if you're into that, great.
0: <laughs> do it up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, mean we're, we're not, not, we're, not we're not doing like Twitter polls or anything no, like no, no, that. But, but but you know, like we, 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 we listen to feedback. Yeah. I mean yeah. we have gallery shows every every two months and we have a, a large gathering of fans who come meet up with us and every now we talk to everyone and they say like, Oh, it'd be really cool if you did this. Uh, you know, a lot of times it's either something that we are like pretty hip to or sometimes it's things that we're just like, oh, man, I had no idea people were like that into that project because it keeps like I keep hearing about it. Uh-huh. And, you know, and then by the time you leave the gallery, you're like, man, we should probably do something with that game or movie or TV show because people are like obsessed with it right now. What took you most aback by its reception mode? The obvious one is Stranger Things.
3: I wish we had something about no, like Stranger Things. I mean, I thought you were going to say Over the Garden Wall because it was... Yeah, well, so no, no that,
0: that that's a, that's the thing that I was lucky that people were so excited about. Have you guys heard of this show called Over the Garden Wall? Uh-uh. Um, it was a Cartoon Network miniseries that came out in 2014. Um, and it was, you know, a miniseries meaning like a self-contained 10-episode thing. I and was it's good, dead. yeah, they didn't. They, they, it's the only time they've ever done it, oh. and so it was like a one of a kind thing. Elijah Wood is the the lead voice actor in it, and it's this really simple kind of unique sort of Wizard of Oz meets like Dante's Inferno meets like Tom Waitsy folksy like Americana, you know, magical realism kind of cartoon. And oh, it's one beautiful. of those, yeah, yeah, uh, just, it's, it's, it's exactly yeah, another one of those, That's exactly yeah. Talking about. yeah <laughs> <geez>. <laughs> but it was beautiful, and it was so so cool, and we we like did all this product for it and then uh th- we just re- released the soundtrack this past year at San Diego Comic-Con and fans are like it was one of our best selling things this year people are like obsessed with it but like at the same time, nobody knows about it, and it's because it's like this weird thing that like it's an underserved audience who doesn't have any merchandise coming out for it at right, all. Right. So we're the only ones paying tribute to it. So people yeah. are like freaking out about it. But yeah, I mean that that's a show, a show that that is literally just people probably going up to each other, being like, "Have you heard of this? Have you done this? You should do something with this. You should do something with this." Um, so yeah, I mean that, that 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 happens on a regular basis. So we take suggestions from people. It's uh-huh.
3: weird when it's something you're really obsessed with. And there's nothing to buy for it, and then someone makes something. Yeah, uh-huh. but it's say it's some kind of crappy. You know <laughs> that into it. Get what but you, you, get. you you feel obligated. You're like, yeah. Well, uh, I, am I, I, <laughs> kind of I am the market. I guess I'm obligated to buy this Beetle Bailey bobblehead. <laughs> <laughs> then I make a much Beetle Bailey product. If we're gonna make more Beetle Bailey product. I gotta buy some of this, some of the stuff they're making.
2: But yeah. at this point, your um, your audience are, are collectors, right? Yeah. People just. You know, geek out on movies, obscure movies, soundtracks, toys, shirts. But has there been any kind of industry I haven't touched like anime or TV show maybe do more of?
0: We're just getting into video games. I mean, we uh, we did something for this game called The Last of Us. Oh,
2: uh, I love the game. Yeah, yeah.
0: Love the game. I want my poster. <laughs> we did, we, did, we did a poster. We just did one a couple of weeks ago. We did, we did two posters. Yeah, and then uh, we did the soundtrack as well. And so that was like us going, like, oh, maybe we can actually step into this a little bit. Um, and then we we have started working with this video game license, a uh, video game company called Konami, who you know put out Konami Castlevania, yeah. Metal yeah, Metal, yeah, Metal yeah, Gear, yeah. Contra. Um, yeah, you're
3: acting like
4: they're a
0: new like
3: this
4: new like, little video game <laughs> yeah no. I know have you heard of them but they're called
0: Konami Konami yes uh, but yeah so but we did uh, something for Castle we're, we're doing a, a thing for the 30th anniversary of Castlevania we're releasing the soundtracks to the original Nintendo Castlevania oh, Simon's Quest shit, Dracula's Quest so we're doing that. <laughs> but like, but we, we did the first one, and it was really, really successful. And so we're doing Simon's Quest and Dracula's Curse and Super Castlevania Four and Symphony of the Night. Nice. Uh, and then next year, we're going to be celebrating the Contra's 30th anniversary and doing Contra and Contra 3, The Alien Wars. And, uh, Contra
2: 3, The Alien Wars. I've
0: already, right hi- already yeah. hired at Alien Wars this past, uh, this past month. Yeah. We'll see. Wow. That's,
4: That's right. how
3: far advances can go Good sometimes. <laughs> sometimes you get 24 hours sometimes. A yeah, couple years. months. Yeah.
2: <laughs> So do you do you guys touch foreign material too, foreign films, foreign bands as well?
0: We'd like to. Um A lot of Italian stuff, yeah. Yeah. T- I mean, t- yeah, exactly. A ton of Italian horror and Italian stuff. Yeah. Uh we that that's like our bread and butter. I mean, a lot of our you know, a lot of film fans are very big fans of either spaghetti westerns or, you know, spaghetti Giallo westerns, Giallo yeah. films. That that's that's been pretty big. We love Japanese films as well. We've done a couple of things with Studio Ghibli and we've done a couple of things with um you know, I guess England—it doesn't feel foreign, but I guess it is a lot of British properties. That's mm-hmm. true. Um, but yeah, I mean, we would love to to do more. One of my favorite soundtracks of all time is the soundtrack to *Amelie*. Um, I would love to do that. And there's a couple of other just random titles here and there, but yeah, we 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 go out of the. Con- I mean, it's the world is getting smaller every day. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, yeah. it's 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 you know, if it, if it made it over to the U.S., uh, you know, chances are it's something that's like you know in our wheelhouse and something that we you know. I, I can't say it's something that, that's, that's super obscure, but I mean, you know, everything from spaced, like Edgar Wright's first TV show to like, you know, uh, like current anime, like One Punch Man, for example, or something, you know, like we're, 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 we're hip to a lot of stuff like that. And, you know, there's only so many days in the week. So we, we try to, to branch out, but I wouldn't say we've done a ton of anime. We did an Akira poster secretly. Yeah.
4: <laughs>
2: That'd be weird because I mean it's it's already drawn. So now you're told giving a totally different style of something that people already know. So if you're gonna do like Cowboy Bebop, or Death Note, and mm-hmm. people know what those artist characters look style. like, yeah, and all of a sudden you're just flipping it. I think it'd be interesting, actually. It
3: depends on how you want to approach it because uh, I'll give you an example. We had a we had a Disney show and we hired this artist uh, hired we begged this artist uh, Aaron Horky mm-hmm. uh, to do one of the posters and he did Ratatouille and his approach is very Highly detailed uh, pen and ink art, like every strand of hair, you know, realizing It looked like a realistic rat wearing a little chef hat and stuff. I think it didn't look anything like right, right. Ratatouille, the actual character. But uh, I don't know, it worked. Yeah, it was possible. It was, it was really, it's a, it's really, mm-hmm. the it same thing with Cowboy Bebop. You can go one way where you're doing it just perfectly, but you just have a great composition in mind, uh-huh. or you kind of inject some of your own style into it. So it's still recognizable as the character key used to create the characters, but. You can still see the DNA of the artist that was creating. It. Tom yeah. Whalen's good at that.
2: In manga, sometimes a lot of mangaka will take they take one character and then they'll draw it to be the Akator Yama from Dragon Ball Z and draw that character like it was Dragon Ball Z character, and then do it again for a Bleach character, and again for a One Piece character. The same character, just different styles. Yeah, yeah.
0: I think that'd be that'd be dope to see. No, I mean we we we're big fans. I mean. Um I'm a big anime fan, but (laughs) no, I can tell, I can tell. But I mean, we, you know, he brings up a good point because I mean, like, yeah, you can. You can bring make some uh, as like you know on model is 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 how, I guess how, what they would say, but you know it, with uh, Johnny Quest for example, Matthew Woodson's Johnny Quest, like it had to say had the right vibe to it. it. It but it had like a really really unique composition that would make it feel like oh I'm not just hanging up like a, a you know a Johnny Quest thing in my it felt like a real piece of art. Mm-hmm. But it also had all the characters looking very faithful to their composition and also sort of the the aesthetic of the opening credits and a lot of stuff. So it, it it's easy to do that. Uh, not easy to do that but it, you know like you, it you, was you, not easy he you,
3: did <laughs> a whole other poster where he tried to do his own like normal Woodson style yeah and try to draw Johnny Questner by realistic Bandit looked crazy <laughs> I, I wish we could just make a poster just a Bandit because it was like really because it still had the mask but it was like this pitbull looking freaking dog but Johnny Quest, we kept going back and forth trying to get it right because it kept looking like Anthony Michael Hall.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I should Breakfast say Anthony Michael Hall. No. Yeah, no. F- <laughs> oh, <laughs> not, 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 not current <laughs> Anthony Michael Hall. Oh, okay. Um, no, but I mean, like, same thing with live action. I mean, people expect likenesses to be pretty weird, weird and real and faithful. But, I mean, you can get away with, like, really hyper-realized, you know, illustrations of, of human beings. So you can get away with that for um, animated uh, characters as well.
2: I saw every once in a while. There'll be a post on, on Facebook and it's a uh, BuzzFeed Link and it's like uh, see the Rugrats if, as if they were you know teenagers or in their 20s hipsters and you see all these characters that you grew up with mm-hmm. like a Snoopy with like a bird in his uh, what's the name of the bird again? Woodstock. Woodstock. Woodstock, Woodstock Woodstock in his mouth and it's like this and I like that I like that kind of flip I think it'd be wow I gotta look have you thing.
3: seen the update they've done on freaking Scooby Doo? No, did to do? Wait, oh the cartoon
2: or the, uh, there was a poster about it. It's the uh, there it is, is a current comic.
3: cartoon. Oh, that was a
0: comic. Oh, and the, the, is, a, is
3: there a comic? There was one. It? Basically, Shaggy's got a freaking like waxed mustache and a sleeve of tattoos, like a hipster. Yeah, <laughs> and Fred. they were hippies. They were. Not Fred's <laughs> got the freaking like Anthony Kiedis tribal. They're so out of date with their their, their shiz. But oh, they're going
2: production with something like that, or is it just the no? One this has been this is being done. This oh,
3: is the wow. update. Oh, you got to look at it, it's just, just and Scooby looks all kind of odd, too. I mean, it's just, it's the craziest, like, there it's the update to... that no one demanded. Yeah, they could well, just kept well, it classic. So, like, yeah. You don't hear people going, hey, man, these uh, Campbell Lights packages, they need to be uh, look a lot more modern and hip. Yeah. I'm tired of these, this old-ass Campbell. No, you're happy with it. No one's asking for it. Don't give it to
1: them.
2: Is the Mystery Machine like an Keep making uh, the same ACDC SUV? record. <laughs> I,
3: don't, I don't even know what the Mystery Machine is like. It's, an, looks athlete, no. but
2: it's an SUV. It's probably an X5 just or a, a truck.
3: Because you're right. there PT was... cruiser. Oh, oh no. Oh, yes. <laughs> no, you know Daphne's got like, she, you know, like her dad's probably rich. She probably like bought them like a like some sort of weird escalator. He's probably hot yeah. too. Oh, yeah. This has got to be. I can't, I can't remember what they did to the Velma. It was something weird. But, but look it up. It's it's bad. It's bad. It's Do it you get mad at stuff like that? You mm-hmm. know, when
2: you see something you grew up with? Because a lot of the, your material is like I'll old hold, school stuff.
3: I try to hold judgment until I can see it myself. Mm-hmm. I remember everyone going, oh, Heath Ledger's going to be terrible as the Joker. This is right. going to be awful. And I'm like... I remember that. then you watch it, and you're like,
2: oh, yeah, you did a pretty
4: good job. But yeah, you, but it's a good one to end on. Yeah, good, but good if, you
2: get, if you don't get it right away, and you ask the artist, okay, can you explain to me exactly why you drew Velma with an
3: hourglass shape? and uh... that, for, for something like that, though, that's...
0: Uh, I don't know. That's,
3: I mean, they maybe could have pulled it off. Yeah, but they have to They went so obvious with it. It was wow. just goof. You know. I mean,
0: that seems like a market research thing. That seems like, a, like let's put together a couple options for each character and we'll see what the group thinks. And then the group thinks, and then they put them all together and then they move on because that's the least. It's always want. the same result. It's
3: yeah. like, hey, man, what if Shaggy could skateboard? There you go. That's the <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> <laughs> that's every... I saw a lot uh,
2: doing some research. It's, it's, it's a lot of people, people love you and people hate you. And that's the true. reason Everyone why loves. is because the whole limited release t- thing oh, and yeah, they go... Yeah. Oh, how come you only have a, you know, 500? Or, you know, I want one. I'm a diehard fan of filling the blank and yeah. I need one for my son. He loves the Lion King and I want that poster. Whose decision is it to figure out?
3: Figure out audition sizes? Yes. That is Mitch Putnam and Eric Garza. What they do is they will just, they've been doing it so long now mm-hmm. that it's like, yeah. I think this will be about what 200, 250? Oh, two hundred, two fifty. Let's do two twenty-five. <laughs> okay. Great. <That's right. laughs> and the, the thing is, well, the difference between a, a poster selling out in a minute and a poster taking two weeks to sell out can be like twenty posters. It's wow. not much. Yeah, you,
0: people, you never know. People, yeah. People think that there's a, an intrinsic science to it, but like you make too many, yeah. you make too many, then people start to get worried. They're just like, oh, this thing isn't worth anything, and then they stop buying it, and then immediately they just, it, it's like. If it hasn't sold out yet, then it's not worth anything to them. And it's, it's, a, it's a weird, like, self-feeding machine mm-hmm. that, like, if you don't, you know, if you, you make too little, you disappoint some people. If you make too many, everyone thinks that the product isn't worth anything. And it's a, it's a hard line to cross.
1: How's that process of, like, actually buying the posters? There's certain things that you buy online that it's totally hard and difficult to actually purchase. The crash sites everyone's trying to get on at the same time. I'm assuming, you know, the poster sales, when they do get drops, people are on it pretty quickly trying to get that limited edition. Do you run into any technical issues supporting that?
0: Not anymore. We used to. I mean, I don't know how long you've been following us for, but, like, back when I started working at the company, we had, like, a website that we had pretty much built ourselves that we were – I forget the name of the service that we were working on with who was our e-commerce solution. But they, like, had to custom build us this, like – cash basically that could allow for spikes in web traffic for an hour and then be and then return to normal for most of the week because we were only doing like one release a week mm. and so on thursdays around eleven o two 02 p.m every every week there'd be like all of a sudden a couple thousand people attacking the site and then it would go away and it's we had to kind of have so to, much money on that yeah and uh <laughs> you know and and for the most part, it worked. But, yeah, our, but the, the problem is we were able to figure that out without making it crash. But then our back end, the uh, inventory system, wouldn't be able to know that zero was zero. So if you put 100 things in but 400 people came onto the site and attacked it and tried to get it at the same exact time, you would be a 400 sometimes. And you'd be like, what just happened? Uh, but luckily now we're the, we work on this system called Shopify and Shopify – is able to hold inventory like we don't have to worry about that anymore but as far as the uh satisfying people who are disappointed when they can't get what they get what they can't get what they want that's a little tougher because the 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 hardest part is that you know there is a supply and demand issue which is that like there's you know thousands of people from around the world trying to get one thing and then Uh when it's not when you can't get it you know, it's, it's disappointing, but people people tend to assume that either the system's broken or they, you know, they were the only ones going for it and how did it possible that it sold out? But like, we we have a pretty large international fan base at this point who, mm. you know, who do actually buy these things and people, you know, will will go on our our Facebook and say like, I bet you guys are taking your own posters to eBay and telling them to <laughs> <Yeah>. sell. <yourselves." laughs> oh, there's always
3: conspiracy theories, dude. Yeah. I mean, seriously, it's like watching Oliver Stone's JFK. Absolutely
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: worthless you know. Though.
2: But uh, is it the same thing for um, record record releases?
0: No, and that, that's the thing is like so. Our model used to be one poster release every week, and now it's we're releasing something pretty much every day, whether it be a soundtrack or a collectible or some pins or some posters. The posters are the only things that like snap and they're gone. And not that the other things aren't successful, but we we finally have a website that you can go to right now and buy something if you wanted to on any day of the week. On a Sunday evening, you can go and just buy something. And we have it in stock. It may not be the poster that we sold two weeks ago. It mm-hmm. may not be the poster we sold a couple days ago. But you can buy stuff. But that wasn't always the case. So it's a little different. Uh, the soundtracks we make larger editions of, when they sell out, they're, they're really, I mean, we just did the soundtrack to Luke Cage this week. And, you know, the in, the initial order uh, amount of copies I ordered sold out. But it was already a pre-order because I they weren't going to be done in time. So we just kept the pre-order going. But we had to, like, tell everyone, like, hey, so those first... Couple thousand that we made are sold out, uh, but we're gonna. Sl- you can still buy it, but like it'll be a couple weeks longer now to get it. That's mm-hmm. all. So I mean, they do move. I mean, the, then that was all just in one day. Um, but some soundtracks don't. You know, some soundtracks will be there for a couple weeks, or a couple months, and you know that's fine too because you know, you know the demand for music and content like that's a little different than collectible hand numbered pieces of art.
2: But for the, the actual cover of the record, that's also. I mean, not a poster, but it is art, original yeah. artwork. Yeah. It is. Yeah, yeah. And it's the same process as far as get an artist, say, hey, listen to this uh, soundtrack, see what you feel,
3: blah, blah, blah. Oh, and we then don't oh. even let them listen to the soundtrack <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> I mean, usually you've seen
0: the movie, you've heard the soundtracks. Yeah. I mean, it's, right. it's very seldom are we're letting people go into it completely blind in some capacity. Um, I think I have a love for the the property. I mean, like, hey, do you want to do the cover for, um,
3: I don't know, Daredevil? Yes. That's yeah. all they have to hear. i mm-hmm. happy to do mm-hmm. that. Um, it's, a fun, it's a fun, different kind of challenge to create artwork for an LP versus a poster. Mm-hmm. There's a whole lot more moving parts, and it, it can become quite a process.
2: Are you having to listen to the whole thing and trying to figure out, okay, this song makes me feel this or this lyric, and that's what you try to represent in the art? Oh, I, w- mm-hmm. I wish it was like that, it but no,
0: it, it's typically, I mean, you know, sometimes you hear a score or something and you realize that it's, you know, sets a mood a little differently. You get to treat it differently than promotional poster artwork for sure i mean when you look at typical soundtrack releases they usually are just the key art from the movie just condensed or shrunk down but what we get to do at least is bring tone and mood and you know bring in sometimes even the composers opinions too because the composers you know get to approve sort of what uh the artwork looks like and if it catches to them at least what the movie meant to them as well so Mm -hmm. it's 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 similar to the poster stuff but it's a little different because you know we're we're satisfying a couple different masters Less so people who are planning on framing them as much as people who are just planning on collecting or even listening to, and like like you said, there there's other elements too, like making sure the audio sounds good and all that stuff. You know, you don't have to worry about that with the poster. The poster mm-hmm. is always go on the wall regardless of how it sounds. You know. Yeah.
2: Cool. I was getting to uh, mondocon because
0: mondocon. What's that? Yeah,
3: <laughs> I don't
2: know. You just, you guys tell me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So, so this sorry. is the uh, third mondo-con? year
1: of MondoCon? mondocons. The third year you're gonna be having it. Yes. So for those who aren't familiar with MondoCon, what what is Mondocon essentially? It is short for Mondo Conference.
3: Not convention. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was convention. No, it's conference. Um, what's the difference?
0: Between a conference and a convention. A couple syllables.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> so we, we go to San Diego Comic Con every year. We've been doing it now for six years and we love it. It's our one of our favorite weeks of the year and it's a week and that's not an exaggeration mm-hmm. you go out there on a monday you get back on a monday and you're a different person and you know you know a hundred couple a hundred thousand people you interact with on a daily basis and it's, it's really it's like intense. Vacation for me. I don't but know. Do <laughs> <laughs> you, you get to cosplay at all? No, no, no. We're working, and that's the problem. Is that we're working the entire time. A lot of our favorite artists and people from all around the world are there, and we get to see them for a second. We're always so exhausted and so like just there's just so much that goes into doing San Diego Comic Con. Right, that we one year came back and we were just like, what if we just did our own thing, right? You know, like what if what if we invited all of our favorite artists to Austin, to where we live. We get to show them a good time, and then we invite some people to come, you know, celebrate with us. Mm -hmm. And uh, we'll limit the amount of tickets that we sell. You know, we'll keep it small. We keep it in a smaller venue so that everyone can actually talk to the people that they're hanging out with and spend time with them. You know, we'll get some local food trucks to come out. We'll, you know, we'll get a local brewery to make a custom beer for it. And we'll show some movies like we do here because we do this thing with the Alamo Draft House called, uh, you know, Mondo Presents or, you know, Mondo screenings or secret screening mystery movies, and we would do that here in Austin, you know, but w- uh, you know, once a year with people coming to it, and coming to us, and that's sort of how it was born. It's the idea of like making the anti-convention or conference, and uh, having people come to us to see, get a little slice of Austin, but also have all of our artists come in at the same time, and have an excuse to party with them, basically.
4: <laughs> Is
0: it?
3: They, they bring, and they also will bring a lot of stuff that's premiering at MondoCon or especially if you're a fan of buying originals Mm -hmm. uh, they bring it they get cracking like three months before Mm -hmm. there's uh, a lot of stuff coming in from for example Randy Ortiz I'm very excited to try to buy he does a great graphite work this crazy horrific looking stuff
1: so in addition to you know the panels and the screenings people will get a chance to actually purchase artwork there and posters oh Oh, yes and we'll have we'll
3: uh, we ourselves will have uh, exclusive releases we're in there from posters, pins, uh, records, anything we can. Uh, we've announced that we can talk about yet, Mo. Yeah, well, we're
0: doing the soundtrack to The Fountain, and we're doing the soundtrack to Monster Squad. You know, we're doing a couple of screenings. I think we announced some of them. We announced <laughs> Clockwork Orange. I know
3: that. Yeah, Clockwork uh, Orange. The other one yeah. we have not announced. And Would you um, like to announce it? <laughs>
0: Uh, Exclusive. Our publicists would kill us, but we would. Uh, no, oh. no. I mean, no. But it, it, and also our coworkers that we'd come to the office tomorrow, and be like, "Why did you tell them that?" Uh, but no, no wait, it, this it's. Why is a show,
1: man? I told you. <laughs> Just us chatting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah how, how are
0: Hillary and Trump doing right now? <laughs> at, at no, um, no, but th- th- there's there's a ton of stuff because we have on top of the stuff that we've already announced, but there's like a ton of other surprises that we are going to like you know releases that we're going to be selling at our booth, and then on top of that, we have you know thirty artists and vendors and exhibitors coming 30 to 50 artists and exhibitors coming to sell their own stuff like stuff from their own personal collection stuff that they've done just for the event stuff that they've done over the course of the last year that they're bringing their personal copies to because one thing we didn't talk about is that our artists you know they get copies themselves of everything that they do Mm -hmm. and they can do whatever they want with them so after they're sold out they have the last copies of of these things and they get to bring them to places like this where they can be at a smaller intimate setting and sell the last five copies they have but they also can't put on the website because those would sell out in a second and they'd probably have to deal with the drama of getting (laughs) angry emails and yeah. tweets and stuff like that
3: yeah but also the food too uh that was one important aspect was not to make sure that uh, there wasn't just you know crap food available That you're like food court to food or something yeah. and uh, a lot of the joints that are going to show up actually will make stuff bespoke for the for the con in fact sometimes i even work with the artists to design uh new uh new food like uh hot dogs and whatnot with uh, frank here in austin
2: Oh, yeah, Frank Hot Dogs. Man. The Rob
3: Jones Life is Pain Dog <laughs> is actually going to be available at the restaurant only. Oh, it's a okay. Motocon hit from last year. It's making its appearance back is it, That's is one it? that made
0: Martin Anson cry, right? That's right. <laughs> Martin <laughs>
3: Anson could not take it. It was too hot. For the first time in his life.
2: Is it uh, um, I, was actually, I was looking on your Facebook page, and I saw the map, and I saw you named the rooms. The Arsenio Hall... And the <laughs> Michael Hall. Yeah. There's another. And the Annie Hall. Annie, Annie hall. hall. Annie Hall. Yeah. <laughs> like that
3: shit. Yeah. Who was that? Was that JB or Jay? Uh,
0: I think that was JB.
2: Welcome to the Osseño Hall, everybody. Yeah. That's, that's
0: a nice touch.
4: <laughs> well, you got to
0: say where you are. You know, it's like, uh, wh- wh- nice. where could you, wh- which which room can you find me in? It's just, it's it's funny to make someone have to say that. Uh, I'm inside I'm w- Osanio Hall. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I remember because I actually remember on Slack a lot of people going back and forth, and they remember there were like halls that didn't make it because we were afraid people wouldn't get the reference. Like we went with the, like we were afraid
0: you even with quick, Andy quick na- name another hall, huh? Name name another hall. Uh, f- wait. Another famous hall. Philip Baker Hall. Okay. Yeah. I don't think in your face! Have...
3: <laughs> Twice in a night. Man, I can't Philip Baker Hall. You hall. might
0: remember from
3: uh... Magnolia. Oh, I was going to say the for, the one before that. Um... Oh. Um... Boogie Nights. Yeah. Yeah. Also, he was the librarian who keeps harassing Jerry on uh, Seinfeld. He also sure, played Nixon in wow. a really good, um, really good movie.
0: Quick, Brookhart, scrap the scrap the MondoCon planning guy. We're changing Annie Hall to Philip Baker Hall. That's you heard it here first.
3: <laughs>
0: Why wait until he dies? Do it now. Honor him don't get rid of, r- don't get rid
2: of Arsenio. He's had, yeah. a, he's had a rough time for the past year. <laughs> <laughs> you got to give him a haul at least. Yeah. yeah,
1: definitely needs it. So for the experience of going to a con, I know... A lot of people that are into music, into movies, toys, comics, but they haven't experienced going to a con where all, that, all those worlds kind of come together. So what's that experience like for someone who maybe used to go into music festivals or used to go into other you know, forms of entertainment to be able to go to a con, and what can they experience there? I was still thinking of people named Hall.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: Brad Hall, freaking uh, Drew louis uh, lucky husband. Boy, you a jerk. Used to be a current live <laughs> newscaster. Uh, what you expect is uh, actually it's a lot of fun. Uh, first of all, we have also have great beer. We have a great bar that's uh, at the market. Oh, what's it called now? It's not a- the AFS a- Cinema. AFS Cinema. Mm. But uh, we have, I believe it's Austin Beer Works working with us. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, they uh, in the can. It's actually. Oh, can we talk about that? I don't know. Okay. Well, there's going to be. It's going to be served in something specially designed. Also, we got some great new pint glasses too by, um Demol Ryan Dugan uh becky clunan
0: and mike mitchell so the thing about MondoCon that like i guess if you don't know who we are and don't know what that subculture is like the collector's subculture it's i mean there's bound to be at least one artist there that you've heard of and you've seen their work online whether it's in comics or just fine art or pop culture art if you run down the list of artists and see that this is probably a lot of those people's only time coming to Austin, sometimes even coming to the country this year. So the way I look at it is I treat it a little bit like a music festival where you look and you see like, oh yeah, the headliner, like oh Radiohead's playing. But then you go and you say like, oh wow, I've never heard of a lot of those bands. And you go and then the hope is that you meet or discover something completely new. All things considered, admission to MondoCon is pretty cheap. It's like 45 bucks to get in, and then once you're in there, you have access to this whole entire two venues' worth of artists who are selling things that you can't find anywhere else on the planet. I'm Uh, very
3: surprised by you leaving out the whole uh, record aspect.
0: I'm I'm getting to it. I mean, you know, aside from the artists, there are a ton of other uh, people coming out. We're doing screenings and panels. We have a whole... Uh, what we're calling the rec- record shop at MondoCon, uh, which is, you know, our, our record label, but we're also bringing out six other record labels from around the world. Mostly soundtrack-based, but a lot of these other labels, like us, dabble in some, some other non-soundtrack material as well. Mm-hmm. And it's just going to be, you know, if you collect records at all, this is like boutique grade or, and you know, level of people who are making current record stuff, like, you know, bringing that stuff to life. Like, the, the tastemakers and the people who are bolstering the 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 newfound like soundtrack movement they're all going to be under one roof so if you're a fan of soundtracks at all or even if you're just a record collector you know at least one of these labels and same thing goes you come here you check them out but then you get to discover all these other labels that a a lot of them who don't exhibit at all period you know Mm -hmm. because you know we get to go to some places like san diego comic-con but a lot of these other places don't really get to go anywhere else because you know who well they choose not to go no, a lot of people just don't. I mean, I'm sure people would if they could, but, I mean, you know, it's, it takes a lot you of... Go to a Comic-Con, yeah. Yeah, to, to even go to a Comic-Con, you can't get tickets, but to exhibit, when you've been grandfathered in, like, people people don't give up their booths to Comic-Con, you know? Like, in New York comic Con's almost impossible to exhibit at as well. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, you know, getting into these places to sell stuff, like, it, it's a very difficult place, but these places, these companies all have stuff in record stores, and they also have a good web presence, but they don't really make public appearances because they don't really either need to or or have the means to because they're small companies that are really sometimes just like two or three people running a whole label but this is like the one place that they will be coming to so there's a lot of that like it's a very unique experience that like if you live in texas or if you live at least in austin you have access to this like wealth of pop culture and pop culture art and music and and all this stuff that's like at your fingertips for two days only and then once they're gone they're you know they return to their respective places and they don't really culminate like this anywhere else in the world
2: do you have you worked with any local bands here in Austin doing their posters or their record art?
0: Um Austin mu- musicians no. Unfortunately, uh we like I said, we do we do mostly soundtrack stuff. Um there there are two local musicians who recently got really very, very popular for their soundtrack to Stranger Things, uh Kyle Dixon yeah, yeah. and Michael Stein. Um uh, I hope I said those last names in the right order, but uh, they uh, they're in this band called Survive, and uh, we a lot of people who work at Mondo and they're in the periphery have known those dudes forever, um, and so it's been a huge thing. We're all like super happy for them and proud of them, but I don't know a lot of other dudes locally who are making soundtrack music, but we we, we do work with bands on their um, solo projects as well. So I mean, if if a, if, a, if a composer who's doing soundtracks on a regular basis has non soundtrack material. We we have a record label, a sub imprint of our Death Waltz recording company label called Death Waltz Originals, that we will release their solo album. So this is band from Portland called Federale, who uh, do their best sort of like Ennio Morricone style, like spaghetti western style music. Who did a lot of the songs this this movie called that came out last year called The Girl Walks Home Alone at Night, and uh, they were like featured on that album, you know, five or six of their songs. But they put out their newest solo album this year, and we released that uh, a couple weeks ago on our website. They came and played. Yeah, they came the and thing? played yeah. our well, one I of our seen. events two years ago here in Austin, or last year in Austin. And we got uh, we
3: got a band playing live this year too.
0: Yeah, we have a band called Lamatos um, nice. coming out and doing so. They did the soundtrack to this movie called Turbo Kid, and mm. uh, they're like an upcoming like synth wave act. Um, excited to have them as well.
3: Have y'all seen Turbo Kid?
0: Nope. Don't watch it with your mom. Man. <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh, well, wow. what, what about it?
0: Oh, it's got the Rob Jones "Don't Watch It with Your Mom" rating. Some, some oh wow! Yeah, some, really? Some what does shit. that mean? It means it's some brutal shit. We'll
2: <laughs> be fine. The kind of shit that kids my see these going. days. I think yeah. I think
0: they've already, they've seen worse. Oh, dude. you don't know their moms. Their moms can handle it.
3: <laughs> I know my mom, and it would be it would be half. Oh my! And the other half. Why is he killing him again? <laughs> It's a nuclear post wasteland. I don't know. Just watch, God. Seriously. What's, <laughs> a,
2: what's the next project? That's like you know. It it would be cool. It'd be cool if we could do something with it.
3: Your dream project. What's your dream poster? Sli- and then what's your dream soundtrack, soundtrack poster? Are you doing the
0: interview or is he? Uh, uh, I, <laughs> <to everyone> <laughs> I want to I want to see how, I want to see how you answer. My dream poster. Ooh. I haven't thought about this. I used to have a million of them, and then, and then uh, we've done so many that it's, it's kind of hard to keep track. Think uh, artist movie. and subject pairing. Oh, man. <laughs> and timeline and number of releases. And paper, <laughs> and paper
3: stock, yeah. Um, <laughs> Jesus. Really? Go
2: I ahead and give it. me dead air, Mo.
0: I want okay. So look, 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 look. I do the soundtrack. But I, I, I have I have a canned answer for the soundtrack thing, so I can I can do that. Well, then you know?
3: say that while you're thinking about your other answer, so instead of giving dead air, Mo, you're oh, giving up your first oh, answer. So
0: <laughs> tough. All right, my, one of my favorite soundtracks of all Start time Damn uh, I is a soundtrack to Magnolia, it. Paul Thomas Anderson's Magnolia. Okay. And it would be a dream come true if we can release that. Um, as far as an artist pairing and movie. Oh my god, I think I would love it if Martin Anson did anything that for any movie that we've ever seen this year.
3: <laughs> nice. Um
0: What <laughs> a love letter to Martin Anson again. <laughs> No, okay. Well, so, so, so we we had this project with Martin Anson for the movie Skyfall, which the, the you know, James Bond one. Yeah, the James Bond yeah. one, and uh, we learned the hard way that you can't, you just really can't do original artwork for James Bond. Um, it's just not really something that they allow for. But it it did make me realize that there's a real dearth of James Bond related stuff out there, and that's like, I mean, that's not a genre, but it feels like it, with there being twenty seven movies in that in that catalog. It's so. a subgenre. Um, so I I personally would love it. My dream thing is to do something James Bond. Um, I, I would love to do something. Obviously, Martin Skyfall is the first thing that comes to mind. But James Bond, I I I'm a huge Bond fan, so I I would love to pay tribute to that character. I mean, it's been 52 year, 53 years in entertainment. So.
3: Okay, wait. So you get Martin Anson to do one James Bond film. What What is it? Is it Skyfall for sure? No, I think it, I think uh, from Bond. Russia with love. Is that your favorite? Yeah, really? it's one of them. Mine too. Yeah. That's oh, good. Okay. What will be yours? Finally, something in common, Mo. Yeah.
2: <laughs> nice. You guys work together. Uh, what will be yours? Your dream. soundtrack policy?
3: would be cruising. I want it to be the complete cruising soundtrack, which includes all these tracks that they cut out uh, or unable to include on this. In fact, I have the original acetates for the soundtrack, that the original soundtrack they released, uh-huh. and it has uh, one of the songs cut off of the one they eventually put out for stores. Just so I could have that one song. So, yeah, I love that movie quite a bit. Uh, poster, you know what? God, You're gonna cheat and say cruising again. No, I was, I was, <laughs> it's just so lame. It's kind of like if someone asks, What's your favorite movie? You're like, oh, I'm surprised you had The Godfather, it's so good. <laughs> have you seen it? It's uh, you know what? Or Godfather 2. No, I'm gonna say something that's about that lame, but I'm sorry, it's what I want. No, I would love go. to have Martin Anson, um, Seven Samurai. That'd be awesome.
0: oh, okay. That's not that. That's not that far. Because right. it's so many characters,
3: he now. would combine it uh, in a really cool way. He would do something interesting with uh, Tushar Mafuni and his character. Yeah, it'd be, oh, sorry, that would be uh, super awesome. I yeah, that's yeah, sad uh, That's all I could <laughs> I can.
2: I can put in. I want to put in a, a soundtrack request. Okay. There's One soundtrack that it took me a while to find. Breaking. Uh, Breaking. Breaking break yeah. the movie. Nineteen. Really? Is, it, is, that, is that a hard
0: soundtrack to find? Well, the thing is.
2: The one that, that you uh, the one you get doesn't have all the tracks on it. Like oh, that, okay. the Al Jarreau is not on it. Mm. Really, which is weird. And yeah. also, there's a, there's the extended version of, uh, Tour de France.
3: Okay, I do I know that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's, <laughs> it, what's, it, what's the, the name French.
2: of the freak? The French guys, Tour de France. they will come back to me. I, I know th- that my anyway. mom
0: would be really happy if I put out anything that had Al Jarreau on it. I'm gonna go C, <laughs> <Al-Giro> <laughs> t- take her to see Al Jarreau in December. Oh, a look. nice. Because yeah.
2: when I, I mean what I got it, it didn't have it on. Maybe I got a. No, and that, that, that happened.
0: That happened all the time. I mean, you know, to keep in mind that when you're pressing LPs back in the '80s, you only wanted to make a one-side album, and you have like you know. 18 minutes per side so if your soundtrack is longer than 36 minutes or 40 minutes chances Uh are they're just cutting stuff or if it was like Mm. licensed only for sync and not for for mechanical use so chances are that they they you know you can make a deluxe version of break-in but the the window of time under which they probably would have done that you know is sort of lost so it would be companies like us that would do it so i mean that's not that that out of the out of the uh, Realm of Reaches. I know that one of our art directors, Jay Shaw, is a huge fan of the uh, movie Real Genius, and he keeps telling me on a all a regular basis that we need to do the <laughs> soundtrack to Real Man, Genius. Yeah, just... <laughs> But, like, Real Genius, not, not like, yeah, the, the, the full, same thing, like, the full unreleased, like, everything that never got released from Real Genius, and I'm like, all right, yeah, I, I totally, I, let, let's do it. And also Ferris Bueller's Day Off, but someone actually finally did it.
3: Whoa, 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 so you give a totally let's do it to Real Genius, but my uh, beseeching for Strange Brew is met with, like, <laughs> rolled eyes. And it was two Strange Brew soundtracks. That's what's great, but no. could have
4: been a super deluxe...
0: Yeah, well, team. look,
2: I, I got it on record, so now it's got yeah. ha- to happen.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's it's got to happen. I'll do it in order. I'll do, I'll do Break In, then I'll do Real Genius, and I'll do Strange Brew Volumes 1 and 2.
2: <sighs> Thank you. Uh, appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for coming on the show. We're done here. I got my request in. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like we're, it's
0: a wrap. <laughs> let's, do, let's do
3: Highlander 2 with uh, New York, New York. <laughs> <laughs> no, it came out as a Queen album. They didn't put high, but it's the Highlander soundtrack. Wow. But they cut out this, they cut out freaking uh, Freddie Mercury singing New York, New York. Yeah, and before I do they all that, out. I'll put out the Prince, the soundtrack. famous Liza Minnelli song. That's right, well, Liza. Originally. I'll put out the, not the not
0: Batman probably. soundtrack by Prince, but with all the missing tracks that he didn't release before. I'll do all that before I get to break in and get, all get, get
2: everything together. Yeah, 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 yeah And yeah. I'll see you in six months. Yeah, perfect. Great. <laughs>
3: You're up to no, getting all that big vault release from Prince, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, no, I'm going to get it. I'm the Heath get. Ledger uh, Prince album. We're doing that, too.
2: <laughs> please, please, yeah. Mo- anybody BXB. else? Anybody any comments online? Anybody asking for Most right here. might as well ask him for
0: uh, I'm, stuff. I'm, I'm
3: <laughs> Any unreleased Prince projects, he's, he's got a <laughs> lot yeah. right, I'm,
0: I'm, I'm p- going to Paisley in <laughs> November. I'll just, I'll go, you know, I'll, I'll go in the vault. I'll get it all. You just let me know. The Batman soundtrack,
2: definitely. <laughs> <laughs> hey, by the way, is the Castlevania, is it going to be the original
0: 8-bit soundtrack? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Did
3: y'all saw what supposedly is in the vault? What? No, Princess that's not. That,
0: that's not true. It's not true. No, right. not that, that
3: part. I'm true. talking about th- this. I believe, and you t- tell me you don't believe this. That what? he got uh, Michael Keaton's outfit made to his size, <laughs> but in purple. <laughs> you did? No, 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 no. no, uh, no. no. Oh. Prince, <laughs> Prince. Not too hard, just to go. Like, yeah, I got one. Just put it there in the vault. Put it there next to all the Michael Piran, uh, uh I, I believe that. It, I so. believe. Yeah. That. So when
2: I go to Busy Park, just look out and. Just yeah, I'll go, see if I can. You, I can find it. Get whatever you can, man. Whatever you can.
3: You have
0: so little faith in that list. It was just. I um, want to believe. I want to believe that he did something for Jupiter ascending, but I don't think he did.
3: I believe he did.
2: All right. All right. We're going to wrap this up. will be talking for right now. <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> this is awesome. Uh, so, MondoCon, is it 21st, 22nd? 22nd, 22nd 23rd. 22nd, 23rd. But we nice. will
0: have a gallery opening that's free to the public on the 21st, Friday the 21st, with Ken Taylor and Jason Edmiston uh, at our Mondo Gallery, which is on 4115 Guadalupe Street here in Austin, Texas. Uh um, and Forty Second Street, right? Yeah. That area. Okay. Yeah, it's
3: great. It's going to be a great show. Uh, it's hard to get uh, Ken Taylor into uh, the country because of his criminal record, but <laughs> <laughs> we figured out a way. Not true. False. He's from Australia. They all have criminal records.
0: You don't know who's listening to this. <laughs> nobody, nobody.
3: Not about <laughs> uh, nah, Ken's criminal record, though. Anyway, the point is, uh, Ken's going to be here. Jason Edmonson is all going to make it across the border from uh, Canada, and uh, it's going to be a wang dang doodle of a show. It's all uh, like horror houses, or let me make sure I <laughs> pronounce it <that> correctly. <laughs> horror. horror, horror, horror houses. It's going to be some horror. <laughs> it's going to be a real scream. Y'all should all check it out. It's going to be hilarious nice and nice. scary.
2: By the way, uh, Michael C. Hull.
3: There it is. Oh yeah, yeah from Dexter. Michael C. Yeah. Actually, I got I got better. That guy's supposed to be. I, I heard he did. I don't know if you all know this. Lazarus. But. Okay, I'm. We're, we're getting. Tick- we're gonna go see it. Are you? Cause I'm pissed with because it costs like a. Two thousand dollars a ticket on New- when it was in New York right before it cl- about to close, mm. but I heard his uh, Hedwig and the Angry Inch, his rendition of Hedwig. So was did I. Like second best. I saw it. I saw that one.
0: Well, you I, saw Michael C Hall. I saw Michael C Hall's. You saw Neil Patrick Harris, and I saw Michael C Hall. And I, I thought it was great. Can you, can you oh, I saw Tay Diggs
2: too? Do You have more rooms. You need N- to name
0: next year. We'll, we might have more halls. So yeah, just give us what, what else do you have? Tamron Hall. Tamron Hall from NBC News. Did oh, did I, I don't go? know. I don't know that.
2: Actually, I got even one. I'm surprised you guys didn't there was. Hall.
0: Oh, Daryl Hall. Hall of Notes. I think Oates. that was
3: one that was discussed. Why didn't
0: we go with Daryl Hall? I don't know, man. I think if, we, if the record section gets its own hall someday, it'll definitely be Daryl Hall. I, <laughs> I agree yeah. so. yeah, We should have a huge... And Michael C. Hall will just be covered in uh, plastic wrap and... <laughs> <That's a clean> <laughs>
4: <room>. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, we print his face on a pair of panties like in Sixteen Candles and just raise it up to the ceiling. But like, Anthony Hall? Yeah. Anthony Michael Hall. That, wasn't he uh, Farmer Ted?
4: Yeah.
0: I was thinking Michael C. C. Hall from Dexter. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were talking Anthony Michael Hall. No, 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 no
3: Michael Seal re- from Dexter. Yeah, I was saying retiring Anthony Michael Hall's name so we could put in this. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Daryl Hall name. Seriously. Daryl Hall. Yeah, that makes me sad. We don't. We haven't recognized that great Hall. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what a great Hall here that is. Of all the halls, seriously,
3: he's better than the breath mints, man. That that guy's tip top.
2: You'd be surprised. I just typed it. I just googled it, and he gave me a bunch of halls. Thank you for coming. That's yeah. what I was gonna say. <laughs> no, no, seriously, I'm I'm actively gonna look up I went to the website I saw a bunch of uh, uh, collectibles even VHS and DVDs mm-hmm. and toys and all kinds of stuff and what you guys are doing is awesome seriously I, I I had no idea he pitched this so thank him yeah he oh, was thank like, you we yeah, got yeah. we gotta, gotta have on one. the show I really so. appreciate it so MondoCon 22nd 23rd go to MondoCon.com mm-hmm. uh, all the information is there make sure you follow the feedback on Twitter Facebook and Instagram rate us on iTunes it really helps the ranking, the ratings, uh, leave a review, that also helps too. And if you like to help us out, you can donate. Thefeedback.com/donate. Every dollar counts. <laughs> but it's it's dope. It's dope. I love. Yeah, no, it. I
3: said this is a pro setup, man. Eh? Thank yeah. you, thank yes. you,
2: thank you. This is like fifteen hundred dollars. This is
3: much better than the Yeti mic. Uh, it's near all my coffee cups on my uh, <laughs> my desk.
2: Why should y'all just started a podcast. Just geek out about stuff. <sighs>
0: We talk all, uh, for hours well, every day. Let,
2: let me let me let me take that over for you. <laughs> yeah, we'll I'm, I'm asking
0: for a job now. It's kind of
2: yeah. weird. That's your know? <laughs> no, producer, Mondo Podcast. Thank yeah. you so much, guys, for coming. Really appreciate it, Byron. Yes. Thank you. Uh, next week we'll be talking to Ginger Lee and Ian Whitman uh, about uh, Blue Party for Formula One. Actually, so we'll be talking about that. And then on the 30th we have Graham Williams on f- to talk about San Sound On Sound so, Graham Williams from Margin Walker. So, looking forward to that. Thank you so much for tuning in. Really appreciate it. We'll talk to you next time. Ciao, ciao.
3: Nice. Peace.